0: got two kids they keep us up sort of they actually do really well but no
1: they don't keep us up just i'm just not used to getting up this early yeah yeah because our kids like to sleep in like i do
0: hey oh they're pretty good at that i don't know what to say i don't got any small talk in me do you have small talk in you
1: do i have small talk in me yeah So how about that climate change? Yeah, climate change.
0: (laughs) Changes all the time. That silly climate. Just changing. (laughs) Doing what it wants.
1: Getting warmer. Getting cooler.
0: Throwing up hurricanes left and right. Yeah. Wildfires due to changing climates.
1: Earthquakes.
0: Polar bears riding on little pieces of ice that are slowly dwindling. Because we drive cars.
1: Something like that.
0: I think I saw that in a commercial once, or maybe that was a Coke commercial. I don't know. I'm sure a car. The polar bears on the ice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's Coke.
0: Yeah, there you go. There's a Coke commercial. Ice isn't
1: Coke, but the that's from a Coke commercial.
0: Yeah, and then they give it to each other as a Christmas present because it's Christmas.
1: The polar bear dad gives polar bear son. A Coca-Cola, not a sponsor.
0: Not a sponsor. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Coke. Anyways, I don't doesn't like it either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's, there's your small talk.
0: <laughs> Changing climates. No, yeah, I just thought. Um, yeah, this this will be our, our headline of the day. How about that? Climate change. This is according to the Telegraph in the UK. Here's the headline. Climate change, not as threatening to planet as previously thought, new research suggests. So, just for everyone out there, just know that the new research suggests that climate change is not as threatening as previously thought. Riveting. Yeah. The ironic thing is that I found that article headline on the internet, which was created by Al Gore yeah.
1: isn't it ironic?
0: Isn't that an inconvenient fact? Okay, I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Last time on the So Talk to me podcast. Well, okay, I'll leave it I'll leave it with this. Is that the thing that kind of made sense when I was trying to study the other side. Is that um, they say that if the persons of the Trinity eternally do not functionally submit to one another, like if they don't continue to have distinct roles eternally, then they cease to be separate persons. Like if there is nothing, if there is no difference between eternally God the Father and eternally God the Son, then how can we say that they're two persons? They're the exact same thing at that point. And so that made sense to me is like, okay, you're right. right, Maybe there are some distinctions. Well, there are distinctions. They have different roles. Yes. What those distinctions are, that's where we start. That's where we step off the cliff into this huge chasm that we cannot understand Mm -hmm. because God has not chosen to reveal all of his eternal being (laughs) to us. Yes. Um, Well,
1: and when you you take – when you take the analogy of husband and wife and you're saying that the role of the wife is submissive to the husband like like the son is submissive to the father. Well, first of all, <coughs> excuse me, if the son is submissive to the father, then that's saying that his his role is not of the same authority, which I would say is a heresy um, but also essentially you're saying that he he is not fully God at that point um, but also as complementarians, we believe that yes, the husband and wife have different roles, and the wife submits to the to the husband, but that role is not of lesser importance because of the submission. Mm-hmm. it's they're still of as equal importance.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: and I just and maybe it's just me, but I feel like when you say that the that God the Son is submissive to God the Father, that he he's you're saying that he is of lesser authority that he is of lesser deity.
0: Well, that, that jump right there is the difference, I would say, like, between... Like, that's why
1: you can't compare the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, certainly you shouldn't, as, as I think we've pointed out. Yeah. Um, but I think that right there is the difference between ESS, Eternal Subordination of the Sun, and EFS, which is Eternal Functional Subordination. But we have to end it here. So yeah. that that's what we can pick up. We can pick up next time about um, what these differences are, because there are distinct differences. We don't yes. want to just say um, because I disagree with you, you are therefore you know heretical, and I'm going to put you in this camp. Like we have to take people at their own terms, and when they say something, we have to take it. We have we can't just. Um, always go to the logical conclusions of people's arguments. We have to take their arguments at face value. And what I mean by that is like people, uh, Dr. White uses this analogy, but people would say that we're hyper Calvinists because we believe that God is sovereign and he determines all things by his decree. Oh, therefore, we're all just robots and we don't do anything. Well, no, I understand that's not how, how it works. Right. I understand how you would get to that conclusion, but you can't say that that's what I believe. That is not what I believe. Right. I deny that. And I, I just reject that claim outright. And you have to kind of explain <clears throat> why you don't come to those conclusions. And so, we don't want to do that for people who we disagree with. We don't want to say that just because. Um, they are one thing. Say in this case, EFS. That they are also therefore ESS. That they they are subordinationists, and they actually believe um, no, that. They're but EFS
1: fits into ESS.
0: It does. Again, th- logically there is that trail there but we don't necessarily want to say that they have come to the end of that trail when they're just at the beginning of that trail if that makes sense um and that's that's where we can pick up next time is the distinctions between these things because they are important distinctions um so there's a lot more here i just don't want to make this like a huge episode because frankly at this point in the podcast we can't fit that on our current uh podcasting plan we need to make <laughs> these episodes under an hour right and
1: don't hear me as stamping grudem and Ware as false teachers mm-hmm. um we all have error in our views yeah of god yeah because we're human yes um i would i would say that this view is heretical because it's not how god has revealed himself in scripture
0: I, I would just be that careful. it is
1: a false teaching, but I wouldn't call them false teachers. does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. and and I think I think um again, it I think it boils down to this distinction that we still have to make about um about what they believe about the Godhead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because if they say, as, as you had pointed out, if they say that th- the persons of the Godhead are actually subordinate to each other, Yes, which I would say they
1: have if if you go and read them
0: well, again, I mean, you you have to take them on their terms and you have to understand the context in which they make certain claims. Um so, yes, this can be heretical. I agree whether or not um certain people are in their beliefs, um, we're we are not saying one way or the other. We're not saying. Throw out all your books by Bruce Ware and, and, no, and Wayne no, no that's, not that's not at all what we're saying. Even I, w- I would even go so far as to say, even people who believe heresies have some good things to say. Right. Uh, I would say get outside of your comfort zone and read books by people you disagree with so mm-hmm. that you can see their points of view. Um, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> and now we return you to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, so last time we started talking about subordinationism and these two concepts of the eternal subordination of the sun or eternal functional subordination. And I think there is some clarifying that we need to do before we go on and, and talk a little bit more about it. I know there's, there's tons, and I think we went into it last time as well. There's a ton here. Um, there's a lot to study, and a lot of it goes over my head because we're talking about the persons of the Trinity and a lot of it we can't actually understand. And so the caution that we need to throw out there is that, um, because it's difficult to understand, it's also difficult to pinpoint exactly, um, necessary, in a sense, what is altogether wrong about it, because there's so much about the Trinity that just is not revealed to us so so the danger is when we speculate on the trinity and when we go outside of what scripture clearly teaches to say something about the trinity that god hasn't said it may not be false but if our conclusions If we only got there through logical induction and not through the clear word of God, it's still very dangerous, Um, especially when you move into like practical application based on induction. Um, You don't necessarily have a sure footing to stand on. But that being said, um, I do want to define a term first, and well, There's a handful of terms that we should define, but the first one I want to jump on is the term heresy, because we've used that a few times already, and if you're not familiar with that term, it may sound like we're kind of just throwing it out there willy-nilly, but we want to actually say what it means. So what does it mean? Heresy. What is that?
1: It's early. (laughs)
0: It means that it is early in the morning. No. And the sun has not risen on the day. <laughs> it is heretical to wake up before the sun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so heresy what I have come to see that it means is um is a false false belief or false teaching of um either the gospel itself or um, the foundations of the Christian faith. So one of those being the Trinity.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Saved by faith.
0: So it has to do with the core doctrines the of the core, Christian yes, faith. Yes, thank you. Right? It's too early for me to use bigger <laughs> words. Core. Okay. Uh, <laughs> core is four letters. Doctrine is a little bigger though. Yeah. Um Forming
1: my thoughts this morning is not going to be
0: very, not going to work very well.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's another thing is that you don't drink coffee. No, I don't. She is like the one woman in the world who is a stay at home mom chasing around kids all day who does not need a pot of coffee to function. It does mean that maybe there's a little bit, it takes a little longer to wake up, but still. Yeah. It's just, it's just not your thing. So me, I'm over person. here sipping like yeah. delicious coffee.
1: <laughs> it's just not my thing.
0: Yeah, I worked at a coffee shop right out of high school, so that's where I formed my addiction. Anyways. Rabbit um, trail yeah. there. So core doctrines of the Christian faith. Um, so if heresy has to do with the core doctrines of the Christian faith and getting one of those things wrong... Um, It has to do with our understanding of who God is and how we relate to God. Um, It is a fundamental, um, I was going to say fundamental misunderstanding, but I think I used those words a lot last time, (laughs) but a fundamental misunderstanding of something that is- Fundamental. Fundamental. Yeah, exactly. Of primary importance in the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. So like you said, the gospel- You know, you have to understand the gospel to be saved. You have to understand that salvation is through Jesus Christ in order to be saved. And if you say that it is, for instance, um, partly be through Jesus Christ, but also through our works um, so that we need to say, go to penance in order to have our sins fully taken away, that we have to do things that we have to be baptized in order to be fully saved that we would say is heresy mm-hmm. because that actually goes against the core of our faith, which mm-hmm. is the gospel itself. And so when we say that there are heretical views on the Trinity, um, it's it, it's kind of inherent in this discussion because the Trinity is, is God. And if you misunderstand who God is, um, the, logically you would be, worshiping another god if you're saying that god is different than the way that he actually says that he is right now again i say logically because now does god in his grace um take that worship on himself if we misunderstand something small about him um you know that's that's a whole other discussion about the mind of god um, but we're saying if if you go against what god has said about himself and who he has revealed himself to be um that is we, sin that is sin yes um, because it's our um it's our blindness and it's our um our wickedness that wants to change what we see about god what we hear about god into and, and to make it more about ourselves. right? And that's something that we brought up too, is that when you start with yourself and look to God, you get all kinds of wrong ideas Mm -hmm. rather than starting with God and then looking to humanity as a creation of God.
1: And we're not saying you have to have a perfect understanding in order to be saved.
0: (laughs) No, no, that's not possible. (laughs) No, it's not. That's not possible. God grants. Well, that's also, um, if we want to tackle that, is that we also believe that, it's only because of God that we're saved and right. and therefore he actually grants us the repentance. So he actually right. does the work before we respond. Right. Um It's and a not, free gift. Exactly. And not in the way that like he dangles a carrot in front of us, which is something that, you know, kind of made sense to me when I was younger. I don't think that's true. I think he like raises the dead bones and puts mm-hmm. flesh on those bones and then force feeds us that carrot so that we swallow it. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, then he changes us to actually want to eat that carrot, whereas right. before we never could have even wanted the carrot. Yeah. It's a bad analogy, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that makes all the difference because um, it's it, because we are not uh, a part of changing our own hearts and changing our own being when we come to, to we faith and repentance. So how that relates to what we were talking about is just that we don't have to have a perfect theology to come to God. Um, we And I think you said this last time, we all have wrong ideas about God.
1: I, I did say that last time, but I don't think it got put in the actual episode.
0: Okay, okay. Then we'll add it to this one. So you've probably already heard it at this point. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But yeah, we all have wrong ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, by the grace of God, we're- We
1: are all heretical in some way, in Mm -hmm. some form. Uh, We all uh, understand falsely. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, Because we are finite human beings Mm -hmm. with- sin in our hearts and Mm -hmm. so we can't have a perfect understanding of god and therefore we sin in our understanding of god because it's not
0: perfect yeah and the danger is and, and the bible makes it clear that teachers are going to um incur a greater penalty for teaching mm-hmm. for teaching wrong things yeah. and so like when you take the step from your ideas into actually teaching other people wrong ideas that's where the danger is and mm-hmm. so we want to be rooted and grounded in what the scripture says right and, and, and to be, be a to mm-hmm. yeah exactly because we need to because otherwise you, you know you don't want to put a burden on someone that the scripture doesn't and you don't want to make light of what the scripture says um which is so cool because we have the holy spirit to understand the scripture and because the scripture is inexhaustible to our little finite minds um that there's always going to be something when we go back to it okay so that is what uh we're saying when we say heresy the other things that I wanted to define were the difference between these two terms. So eternal subordination and mm-hmm. eternal functional mm-hmm. subordination. I think we had touched on this, but I think we can make it even clearer. So the difference between these views has to do with the role or function that that the... persons of the trinity yeah Mm -hmm. in particular the son um god the son and the actual being of the trinity or god the son in particular but but also the holy spirit and how they all interrelate so all three Mm -hmm. obviously um and so to to kind of understand this it's kind of abstract to think about like to think about being well, what is being? I mean, that's the that's the fundamental philosophical question: is uh, what is being? How do you know that you know? Um, I think, therefore, I am. Right. So to to understand what this is, your role or function is something that you do. It's the part that you play. It is um th- when you go to work. You know, your job description is your function of your job but your job is not a part of your inherent being of who you are and who you were created to be it is it is not when you get these things confused that's when you start putting identity in the things that you do when that's not the case Um, and so this this idea of your being and that which is um, a part of you, a part of your nature, a part of you as a person is what we describe. Um, th- there's a big word for it, but it is a part of your ontology. Um, so I'm, I'm going to use this word. It just means of, or related to your being of who you are as a being. Um, so for instance, like I am a man that, and I, that is a part of my being, it was given to me. It is part of my nature. Uh, maleness is a part of my being. It was. It's a part of me as a creature. Um, and it will always be a part of my being. M- my role as a husband is a is a role. It is a function that I play. So in heaven, the scripture says that we will no longer be Given in marriage so this is a form uh, excuse me a role that i play this is a function that i fill here while i'm on earth as a husband mm-hmm. but in heaven that husband ness that part of me that is a husband will no longer be though i will still be male though i will still be a man so ontologically i am always male Um, maleness is not a role that I play it's not a function that I serve it is a part of me ontologically and um, being a husband is not a part of me ontologically so when we're thinking about this in terms of the persons of the trinity this this is where the difference in these two views are The ESS position, the eternal subordination of the Son, would say that God the Son in his being ontologically is subordinate to God the Father, that that is a part of his being, whereas the EFS position, eternal functional subordination, just says that the role that the Son plays or the function that he fills is subordinate. To the Father. And while that seems kind of heady, it seems like a strange concept, I think it makes all the difference when you're trying to um, look at this issue because of the logical conclusions that you can fall into from these two views. So, what are, th- what are some of the problems that you see, um, particularly with saying that God the Son is ontologically subordinate to god the father
1: well if he's in his being subordinate then he's not well that that indicates that perhaps he wasn't always
0: Mm -hmm. that could be a conclusion that you come to yeah yeah
1: that he he was created and therefore he's that's why he's subordinate to the Father, because the Father created him. Um, the conclusion that I come to is that he's not equally God.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If in his being, God the Son is subordinate to God the Father, then how can he be fully God? Yeah. Like, how would he be subordinate? and that is the end conclusion and that I think is the big issue that we have with the ESS the idea of eternal subordination is that how can and and, and this this extends also to the Holy Spirit because if the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus and he's subordinate to both God the Son and God the Father then if you're saying ontologically he's subordinate then you have this hierarchy Mm. within the Godhead of like God the Father being um, in his, ontologically being at the head, and then ontologically the Son is subordinate to him. And then in his being, the Holy Spirit is subordinate to both of them. It's like, it, yeah, you have this this totem pole of God instead of... Um, three persons in one being how can they share the same being if their beings are subordinate to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't then you're separating them so far as to say i mean can you even say at that point that it's that god is one being or or that he's three beings because mm-hmm. the beings are subordinate you know it seems to, it seems to contradict itself mm-hmm. and that's where we just tumble down into all kinds of heresies because it, i think that is a Again, fundamental misunderstanding of who God is at at his very core. And the way that you get to this, so this is the end conclusion of a lot of different things. Because we make this distinction of role and being, if you don't make that distinction, I think is, is the issue and how it can lead to this position. For instance, In what God has chosen to do and to bring about salvation through Jesus Christ, through God, the son, God, the son in that. um,
1: In his humanity,
0: in his humanity and in the role that he plays in salvation was subordinate to God, the father. Yes. While he was on earth, Jesus was subordinate to God, the father um and i believe that that was the role that he played that yeah. was the function that he had in salvation and um and the holy spirit proceeding from god the father and god the son is the role that he plays in sanctifying the church mm-hmm. but that doesn't when you equate that to their being that's where i think the real problem is uh, for reasons that we already went into, I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm already repeating myself a lot. Mm-hmm. So I understand how you get to that conclusion. It's by confusing these ideas. Yeah, it's by it's by saying that the roles that the persons of the Trinity play are their actual being eternally,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is really difficult to. To substantiate, frankly, again, right. I mean, I, I refer back to John, the first chapter of John, that the word of God was with God, creating all things are from and through and to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to substantiate that that there is an ontological subordination within the Godhead.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that we need to be clear that we are also saying that eternal functional subordination is also incorrect (laughs) Mm -hmm. because if the son is functionally subordinate eternally, then that also comes to the conclusion that he is not fully God, that his authority is not equal to the father's. Mm -hmm. When, like you just said in John everything is from him through him and to him well actually that's in romans yeah. but in john the the word
0: yeah was with god was, was and the god. word was yeah. god yeah yeah um uh, yeah that's that's a good point too is that we deny even the efs position but i do think it is a lesser era era error than the ess position because it, it just says that his function is eternally this way. Again, I think that is stepping outside of scripture. I think that's something that scripture does not address. Like I, I think in general, this the the scripture doesn't address what heaven is going to be like and the intricacies of the, the inner workings of the Godhead. Because I think it would blow our freaking minds <laughs> if, if we understood these things fully. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Yeah. And it's just not possible this side of heaven. So I would say I would caution against eternal functional subordination and say that I don't see that in scripture. And I, so I don't think it's biblical. So I don't think you should say that about God if you're not getting it from scripture, uh, which some people claim they do. I just, I just don't see it. Well,
1: Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely claim that they do, but it's it's more of an eisegesis than an exegesis.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're reading it into mm-hmm. the scripture rather yeah. than taking the scripture and pulling that out of the scripture. Yeah, they come to the scripture with their own ideas. Which it's hard not to do that, I understand, but it's dangerous to do that. That's not, that's not the way that God's revelation works. <laughs> right, You're supposed to take it for what it is, not for what you want it to be. I guess the last way that I want to relate this idea of role and being um, as I was thinking about this whole whole way of explaining how this plays out. um, I, I think, I think it's really cool to look at our salvation in these terms as well. So oftentimes we think of ourselves before Christ as sinners, in that we sin. You know, we can see that that we've messed up, we sin, and there needs to be a penalty for our sin, and um, we can't pay that penalty. You know, just the, the core gospel. What I want to say is that ontologically, we are sinners in our being because of the sin that Adam has brought upon all of humanity. Now, all of the human race is born sinners. It's not that we just that our function is sinners, and then our, our that function is taken away, and now we function as um, as you know God's representatives on earth or what have you. But that at our very core, at our very being we are sinners and we are born dead in our sin. But I think that brings about, when you understand that, yes, it's kind of a stark picture of humanity, but I think it makes the gospel all the more glorious because if you only understand it as a role that we play or as a function that we do, then that function can change much more easily. But what God is actually doing in the heart of a sinner is that he completely changes the heart Mm -hmm. that um, you know, scripture says that we are a new creation at salvation that God gives us, that God regenerates us so that we are no longer dead, but we are alive. He changes our very being. And that's why it's something that we could never do because we're not just making ourselves better and changing our function and, changing what we do, but it's actually changing who we are. So when you understand these ideas, or this idea of the difference between being and function, I think it has a lot more implications, but especially when it comes to the gospel, I think it just um, magnifies the glory of what God is actually doing for us sinners. Something that, you know, we've heard as cliche, something we could never do, but Seriously, like it's something, it's something we could never, fulfill. it's, it's something that is completely outside of our being to, to do. Um, but God makes us a new creation. And that's why, um, who was it? Nicodemus? Yeah, Nicodemus. I was going to say Zacchaeus. It wasn't Zacchaeus. It's was Nicodemus who, uh, when Jesus said, you must be born again, he's like, what are you talking oh, about? Yeah. I, I can't do that. Am I supposed to enter my mother's womb? You know, I I can only imagine his inflection when he was talking to Jesus about that. Like, What are you talking about, dude? Can't just crawl up back in there. Mm -hmm. We can't because it's not a role that we play. Mm -hmm. It's not something we can do with our hands. You know, it is effectively who we are. You have to be born again. Your being has to change. And that's what God does, which is amazing. It's amazing amen (laughs) yeah gospel wins (laughs) way to go god you know what you're doing (laughs) we're over here arguing Uh, about semantics and so with that is there anything else you want to talk about this controversy ess cfs how it relates to the christian life um the practical implications
1: Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think the practical implications are if you don't, um, if, if you don't understand, and I don't mean perfect understanding, um, that God is God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, that they are all equal Mm-hmm. Equally, God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yes, they have separate roles, but they are mm-hmm. all equally God. Yep. Therefore, e- they have the same authority, mm-hmm. the same power. Excuse me. Um. Then, I I think the way that you worship God is going to look different. For instance, um, I mean, I know I, I know I've brought this up before just probably sort of complaining about them but like hillsong and bethel songs like some lyrics in their songs are a complete misrepresentation of who the holy spirit is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know asking or not even asking (laughs) but like (laughs) telling the holy spirit to rain down um or uh you know, they, they depict the Holy Spirit as if it's like it, as if he is some, well, that's the problem, is that they don't reference the Holy Spirit as a being. They reference the Holy Spirit as just a, some sort of power. Yeah, a
0: force. Yeah,
1: a force. Um, and that's wrong, because <laughs> the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is not a force. It's, no. He's a being yeah. of the Godhead.
0: Yeah. He, he and he's personal, yeah he has a he is a person and he's so personal because he is the person of the Godhead who dwells with us mm-hmm. so it's not ah oh, when you make him impersonal it's so it's it's like any of uh, it's a sin to do that with any of the godhead but like yeah. the holy spirit is the one you have with you yeah. he is the most personal yes. of course jesus was personal because he was on earth and the father is a person as well and, and he interacts with with us mm-hmm. but the holy spirit is actually dwells with us so when yeah. you make him impersonal it's like you're so off base what are you doing <laughs> like and and that said um I don't yeah, I don't I don't want to make this negative, but but the positive to this is go and, and like study who the Trinity is because it is so much more fulfilling when you mm-hmm. understand who God is. Yeah. Because God has revealed himself this way. Mm-hmm. And uh and we're to to understand that because he has yeah. has told us who he is and we don't wanna go outside of that. But again, it's so much more glorious when you do understand it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's so amazing to see. And it's all
1: throughout scripture. Like, maybe not like, you know, screaming in your face. Some of it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, yeah, it's all throughout scripture. I mean, in Genesis, you know, from the beginning was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um in creating, you know, we we mentioned that John even references back to that. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, in Matthew you have Jesus saying, Go out and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Yep. Yeah, he makes it a fundamental of the faith right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this is what you're to do as a Christian, make disciples and make sure they understand mm-hmm. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's in our name, in the name of God, that you go out. Yeah. Like, it's such a great truth. And I think that's why it's when you get it wrong, it it hurts because it's such a, a great and deep truth. And it's so encouraging when you understand it. And it's so glorious to look upon. This small fraction of what we can understand about yeah. God that when someone misrepresents who God is it's just like ah no you've missed it like there's so much there's so much more for you to learn like there's so much um glory that you're not seeing right now so mm-hmm. so it, i i would say i would want to make this inviting like please like research you know do do what you can read books on who the holy spirit is take a look study scripture and see who he's revealed himself to be because it's so glorious it's so much outside of our um, just normal understanding, our normal everyday thing. I mean, for instance, like one of the things that always amazes me is just the fact that the Holy, or excuse me, that the Godhead exists in a Trinity and therefore he is always loving. Like if God was only one person, he wouldn't, and this sounds kind of strange, but he wouldn't have anyone to love. So can you say that a God alone is loving if he's not loving anyone else? Like, is that actually a part of his character? But our God is three persons and they eternally love each other. So in the very character of God, there is this love that we understand. And that wouldn't be possible without three persons, without who God actually is. Um, So things like that, that just like blow my mind when I see them. Um, I would just encourage you, invite you to learn more about the truth of who God is, because it's so much more wonderful than we understand at first glance. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. And hopefully all theology leads you to that place. Yeah If theology is leading you to just to criticize others. You're doing it wrong, man. Yeah, you
1: don't have that devotion.
0: Yeah. It's it's a sh- it, that's when it turns in on itself and it becomes something terrible and something not worth looking at, something that makes you worse. <laughs> you know, you, you think that theology would make you better, but with some people it makes you worse, like the bad the, Calvinists. The bad Calvinists. <laughs> so where what is that from? Bad Calvinists?
1: Oh, I'm thinking of the doctrine and devotion episode. Okay. Bad Calvinists, yeah.
0: Doctrine and Devotion. We can just throw in a reco right now.
1: There you go, yeah.
0: It's a great little podcast. I it is. And
1: also the title mm-hmm. is great. Fantastic. Because if you have doctrine without devotion, like we just like we just mentioned, then you're not gonna have that love. No. You're just gonna have a big
0: hit <laughs> exactly scripture warns against yeah. it it says that knowledge puffs up mm-hmm. puffs up Not and if w- you
1: have devotion without doctrine
0: you can get all into all kinds yeah. of stuff you know like handling snakes and <laughs> you know gold dust and all this other crap that goes on um calling the holy spirit a blue genie you know oh gosh <laughs> that was sneaky <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, I would (laughs) link that video in the show notes, but it's so blasphemous. I don't know if I want to. (laughs) If you're interested, just search YouTube or don't even watch the video. Just know that it's titled The Holy Spirit is a Sneaky Blue Genie. That should scare you away. It's awful. It's terrible, um, yeah. And that's and that's a fundamental misunderstanding yeah. of who the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. And th- I mean that's yeah when you don't have the doctrine when you don't understand. But with them both together, you get the head and the heart, and we are one being. You know, I don't I don't mean to separate that entirely, but that's what that's what we're created to be: followers of Jesus, disciples of God, both in in spirit and in truth. Uh, so it's so good. Anyways, Doctrine and Devotion, great little podcast, Joe Thorne and... Jimmy Fowler. Yeah, there you go, Fofo. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll understand if you hear it. Um, yeah, no, I'd, check them out. It's really good stuff. I'd say it's kind of an inspiration for this one because um, we listen to a bunch of theology podcasts, if you can't tell, <laughs> you because know, we have these 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 talks about theology Um, But that one in particular, I really love how casual they are. And I feel like that kind of showed me how to be casual and talk about deep truths.
1: Yeah, not to take yourself so seriously. Exactly,
0: yeah. To be able to, yeah, yeah, not to have, I was going to say to have that love. Not that other theology podcasts aren't loving. That's not true. But just to, yeah, they're just goofballs. And I love that you can be goofballs (laughs) and still talk about the truth and not have to not have to kind of separate the two. And hopefully that's what, I don't know. I feel like that's what I am most of the time. So hopefully that's what I get across on this. Not that I'm just trying to hear myself talk, but that
1: you're such a narcissist. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Here I am talking to you. Anyways, I think that's good. I think that's a wrap for a two part, um podcasts on the subordinationism and what all that means. I'm sure cool. we'll refer back to it all the time, but um with this particular issue I think I think we're done for now. <laughs> Until it comes up again and you know there there are more implications that we need to talk about. Not need to, but you know, want to. Um so before we head out, you want to talk about something light? Yeah. Fun. Like what? I don't know what's been going on. Um, I
1: don't know. I don't know the season finale of American Ninja Warrior was on last night.
0: <laughs> yep, another season in the books. Another fail. Another American. No one made it. No, but. Those challenges were freaking inhuman i don't like I don't how, get it.
1: how do you how, how does anyone even do that yeah, you have to have like the crazy your fingers have to be biceps.
0: exactly that's the part that blows me away is is the finger grip requirement to be able to jump from one finger grip on a wall to another wall a few feet away and with just your finger grip it's stupid i don't <laughs> Mm, I I don't understand how that's possible. I saw someone do it last night. I still don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> Weatherman, you're awesome. Yeah. Is it like Tom Moravsky or something?
1: I don't remember, but yeah, it was, that was incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like inhuman.
0: hmm So season nine is in the books. We'll have to go back and watch the older seasons now. <laughs> now, now that our... American Ninja Warriors taken away. Whatever will we do? Oh no! <laughs> now, nah, good stuff. Well, speaking of TV, um, well, he, yeah, I'm gonna try to use that as a segue <laughs> into movies. I was talking with some friends, um, about movies and the state of movies that we're in this year. And okay, so what we, do you mean,
1: state of movies?
0: Well, what's coming out in the theaters, oh, okay. you know, like what what is out there and what's fun to watch. So you and I, I'd say we love movies. We have a ton of movies.
1: Yes. I mean, we're we, not, we're certainly not as into movies as we used to be because we just can't get out and go see them.
0: <laughs> that's where I was going with it. We own a ton of freaking movies. Yeah. But we have not watched a bunch of newer movies in a while because we got kids. Like we used to go. <laughs> <Kids>.
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway. we take advantage of Black Friday and
0: buy up all the movies. It's true. It's true. It happens. And there's some still in the shrink wrap that we haven't even pulled out. Oh, yeah, there are. Um, I don't know if we'll ever watch 12 Years a Slave again. It's
1: such a good movie, but yeah, I do kind of wonder like why we bought it because it's one of those movies that like you watch and it's such a good movie, but it gives you such an emotional experience that it's like, I don't know if I want to watch that ever again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can't really watch that movie casually. No. You can't have it on in the background while making dinner.
1: (laughs) And I, I don't know if I would want to like watch it in a big group of people either because i mean it's kind of a downer
0: oh man see i'd i'd take the other route but i mean i also it would it
1: would spark a very interesting conversation yeah exactly exactly but yeah it's
0: just i'm an emo kid i like (laughs) downers
1: (laughs) we have pictures to prove it yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Well, it was an emo kid. No, I'm just a balding, middle-aged. No, middle-aged. <laughs> 28, not that <laughs> old. But I'm balding. <laughs> Anyways, uh, movies. <laughs> yeah, so so we own a ton of movies. Haven't seen movies lately. Um, like we used to go probably once every month or two to the movies before we had kids. And we well, probably
1: go more than that.
0: Okay. Before once, we had kids. Once yeah. or twice a month, then? Something you'd like say. that. Something like that. And now we l- probably go twice a year to go see movies. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> after Ollie was born, we saw Jungle Book and The Revenant. I remember that. Yeah. And then so far this year, we've seen. What did we see? We saw a movie fairly recently.
1: Well, you, you saw uh, yeah. Spider-Man. I saw um, Spider-Man, which was awesome. Uh, What did we go see? Oh, no. Does that mean it wasn't very good? Because I can't remember what it no, was. No, it was
0: good. Oh, it was Dunkirk.
1: <gasps> That's what it was. It was yes. Dunkirk. It was good.
0: It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Liked that I just one have a lot. terrible memory.
1: Sorry, Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It, so anyways, it doesn't happen very often. Um, and part of that, it, and so because of that, we're not we don't really have our ear to the ground with what movies are coming out. Like kind of generally we do, but it's not as intense as it used to be where we were like checking out all kinds of different movies.
1: Ear to the ground for me just is whatever trailer pops up on my Facebook feed.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the ones that I am the most excited about, like, like we said, I saw Spider-Man and I loved it. Um, So that was probably my summer movie. But um, I, I, as I was talking with my friend, I, I realized I, I like a little like stranger movies, a little off kilter, I guess. Um, But the two that come to mind, mo- like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to people are going to be upset at me for saying this. I'm not too excited about Star Wars. I can kind of take it or leave it. Well, we've never been big Star Wars people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I'm sure I'll end up seeing. Yeah, I mean I want to see it. I'm, it's fun. I just don't care to go to the theater because of all the rigmarole of that. Yeah. Um. So I mean that one's on the radar, but it's like, eh, I can wait till it comes. Just to Going to the theater DVD. is so
1: expensive.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, it's just it's just a hassle because then we have to get sitter for the kids and we go and yeah, and it's expensive and. So it's it's kind of like we can just wait. We've got tons of other movies to watch while, yeah. we, um, while wait, you wait for it to come. Wait to
1: get a free Redbox code.
0: Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, but so the movies that are kind of on my radar would be Stephen King's It. And we've talked about that one, um, which I know is huge. So that's not really left of center. That's kind of mainstream right now. Um, but the other one is one coming out in December. Called The Disaster Artist. And this is a whole deal here. It is based on a book about a movie, about the filming of a movie, and about the person behind the movie, which is lauded as one of the worst movies, the most incoherent pieces of cinematic garbage. <laughs> Ever created called The Room.
1: Not to be confused with Room, which is a great
0: movie. Yes. Also one we still have in the wrapper from Black Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Also one
1: of those movies that gives you such an emotional experience. You don't know if you ever want to watch it again. But it's it's so good. So we bought it. (laughs) so good.
0: So good. Um, Yes. So not Room. This is The Room starring the titular Tommy Wiseau.
1: Wizo no, no, no. wizo.
0: Well, see, I always said Wizo and now I've been rereading the book, The Disaster Artist. So I read The Disaster Artist like a year or two ago and I loved it. Um now I'm listening to the audiobook and it is read by the author. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And he pronounces it Wizo. Well, so that's,
1: that- you know, He's closer to the guy. I I would say he's correct. Exactly.
0: So if you know anything about the room, um, it is just incoherent and very strange. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it. Yes, that's a good disclaimer. I have not actually watched the entire movie for reasons. You can just
1: watch clips on YouTube that are...
0: Yeah, there you go. There are a few sex scenes and apparently they show some upper body female nudity and lower body male nudity. But um, so for that reason, I haven't actually watched the movie, but I've seen reviews to kind of get an overview of what the story, <laughs> what you would call a story is and how there are just plot lines that go absolutely nowhere. And most of the characters are completely useless to the story and the the way that people talk is just incoherent. Um, so it's a fun time. Go Go check out reviews, see if you can... Um, piece together what this is about if you just watch clips on youtube you'll start to understand how ridiculous this movie is but the even more ridiculous thing behind the movie is the person that made it tommy himself and that's what this book delves into he is such a strange person and the book was written by um another guy who was in the room greg sestero he was he was Tommy's right hand man. Basically they um, hooked up while Greg was in at an acting Mm -hmm. class and they became roommates. And so they were good friends and then Tommy wanted to make this movie. So Greg wanted to help him out because Tommy was a good friend, even though he was really strange. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Greg just got sucked into the whirlwind of this disaster of a movie that has now become a cult classic. And so the book The second time I'm reading it, I'm noticing a lot more things, that it's actually more about Tommy than it is The Room itself. And the one thing that stuck out to me about this, I would highly recommend this book, and that's why I'm looking forward to the movie itself. But it starts out, and Greg talks about how the most fascinating thing about the movie is that it is Tommy Wiseau's vision. And it had me think about just art in general, movies, but then also I think books do this as well, and how a story is not just a story, it is the writer's perception of a story. And so this movie, with all of its incoherence, is how Tommy sees the world. The story that he's written, because he was the writer and the director and the producer and all the main character... It is a story about how Tommy sees interactions. So, so one thing he brings out, just to, to make the point, is that all the women in the movie, they are basically shopping or talking on the phone or complaining about the men in their lives or drinking wine. That is a terrible picture of what a <laughs> woman is, but it says something about Tommy and how he views women. Oh, or, or having sex. Yeah. that happens too so uh, th- this is tommy's idea of what a woman is and and you take that into the whole scope of the movie this incoherent mess is the way that he sees the world and interactions with people
1: so does he s- see men like just passing around a football all the time all
0: the time he sees he sees football as this this grand idea of Americanism even when it's just tossing a ball three feet (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but I I thought that was really interesting and in a way to look at film in general a way to look at art and stories is that this idea of the perception of the actual artist themselves and when you look at a terrible movie this way another terrible movie that I adore is Troll 2 And it's the same kind of deal where the directors didn't really speak English. And so the whole movie is stilted in the way that people talk to each other. And that is their vision of people talking to each other. That's how they see English played out normally is in this very strange and surreal non sequitur laced dialogue. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think it's cool that you can even pull something out of just a horrible dumpster fire of a movie and see something so um, telling about the people that created it. So I would highly recommend. The book is great. You can get it from your local library. That's where I got it from. Or I think it's on Audible as well. It's a fun time. Um, and I'm looking forward to the movie. Hopefully it doesn't have uh, nudity. We'll have to see. Mm. Well, if not you can look the those book things itself. up. Yes, exactly. You don't
1: have to go see the movie too. No,
0: uh, yeah, I I meant we'll see in the uh, metaphorical sense, not yeah. not we will actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um so that would be my reco. The Disaster Artist by Greg Sestero and Tom Bissell. Do you have any recos before we take off?
1: Um I reco Sleeping In, no. Um, Sleeping In's good. What
0: was that show that you watched on Netflix?
1: Oh, the one that I recently just watched? Yeah. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Sing It On.
0: Sing It On. I
1: don't know if I... It, it depends on if you're a really, choir kid. Yeah, if if you were a choir nerd like I was, then you might be interested in it. But it's it's one of those like reality TV shows which I'm usually not into, and I really like. I wasn't into that portion of it, but um, but it, it's just a little. It's pretty short. There's there aren't very many episodes maybe like 10 or something like that but um it, it's just a, it's an a cappella singing competition so if you don't really know what that is but you've seen the movie Pitch Perfect that's a cappella singing
0: but for real right or at least the reality television version of that <laughs> yeah. so sort of for real
1: well well the competition that they were doing is a real thing mm-hmm. um it was they were real acapella groups yeah. in a real competition. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pitch perfect. <laughs> no, no. I don't even like that movie.
0: <laughs> it wasn't all auto-tuned.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked the singing portion of it. Just, just so, made me sort of nostalgic for choir,
0: choir and performance. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Well. Now that Josie's four months, hopefully we can have you up on stage at church again.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see
0: what happens. I think I will actually put some some music here oh, at the no. end. Of the, ah, it's it's cool. It's, it's your recorded stuff. It's good stuff. People will love it. But then you went and got to sing karaoke over the weekend. I did. Yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> Apparently, lots of Disney. I wasn't there. I was watching the kids.
1: Yeah, so it was my cousin's birthday party, and so Josh so nicely, and sweetly was watched the kids. So for the I could one go time out. in my life,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so sweet.
1: <laughs> no, it was really nice, of you babe, because it was really good just to get out and mm-hmm. be with friends. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did sing a lot of Disney music, which is mm-hmm. it's funny. Disney music and, like, 90s country are my go-tos for karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just because that's what I grew up on. That's yeah. what I know. Because I really don't listen to music that much now. hmm Like, if I'm listening to anything, it's usually a podcast. Yeah. Um, or a book. Um, so, yeah. And I, we have kids, so I still listen to Disney a lot. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're growing up on all that Yeah, Disney music. Disney music and emo and Prague, and (laughs) all kinds of weirdness. (laughs) But Ollie loves the drums, so he loves Phil Collins.
1: He does like the music that you listen to. Yeah. Because your dad. Because that's what he knows. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what kind of like new metal garbage he gets to in high school.
1: I don't even want to think about (laughs) it. Our two-year-old being in high school. Please stop.
0: (laughs) No, it's not going to happen. Never. Jesus is going to come back before then. (laughs) Exactly. Well, definitely before Josie becomes a teenager. Anyways, we're going to end it here before that depressing thought. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, no. She'll she'll do great. But... uh, (laughs)
1: will own a lot of guns by then
0: <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> uh like you said i don't even want to think about it because she's four months old oh, oh i love that little girl all right well um i think that's all of our recommendations
1: yeah go out have a intentional conversation with your spouse do it if you can't think of a topic then just pick one of ours there you go
0: do it yeah be like so what do you think about the economic trinity and the ontological being of god the Son?
1: what do you think about climate change what do you (laughs) think about movies (laughs) what's your favorite movie there you go yeah or even just you know what's your favorite bible verse or just share yours with them if they don't already know yeah talk about it
0: you can do it i believe in you it's it's really beneficial for us It's good stuff. Yeah. But if you do want to reach out to us, per usual, our um, email address is so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. You can catch us on Twitter, so underscore talk to me. And I think that's going to be it for today. So should we make a
1: Facebook page?
0: I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. If you want to talk to us, talk to me, talk to you. Talk to me to talk to you. Talk to me to talk to you. Talk to me to talk to you. (laughs) Sorry, Scrubs reference. I never know how to end this thing. So till next time. Bye. That's not what that says though. (laughs) Are we done? I guess. I don't know. Do you want a different ending?
1: Help me to help you. Help me to help you. Help me to help you.
0: (laughs) Talking to me. Talking to you. Sweet Caroline.